Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are resuming our study in the book of 1 Corinthians. And we are ready for chapter 10. It's been a few weeks since we've gotten to this study. Um, and uh, today, we're, chapter 10 is only 33 verses, but because of the nature of what he's talking about, uh, we'll be going and looking at some Old Testament passages specifically dealing with uh, the Exodus. Um, and more specifically, the Israelites in the wilderness. Because Paul is giving instruction here in chapter 10, and he's using um, the children of Israel, specifically with some of the issues that they had in the wilderness, as an example as to why we should not uh, behave in the manner that they did. And there's going to be four major sins that are kind of characterized uh, in this chapter, dealing with them, using them as the example. And those sins are going to be sexual immorality, testing of God, complaining, and then idolatry. So again, idolatry, sexual immorality, testing God and then like complaining murmuring against God Paul's going to be warning us not to be doing these things and look at the children of Israel in the wilderness as an example and so that's kind of uh, what he's going to be getting at today I pray that you'll be blessed in the powerful name of Jesus thank you for listening this morning and hopefully these words will go forth they'll pierce your hearts and they'll cause you to draw closer to God so let's begin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. So let's stop right there. He doesn't want us to be unaware or ignorant about this. They ate spiritual food, right? And what he's talking about is literally they ate food from heaven that was provided for them in the wilderness out of heaven. And they drank spiritual water. Notice he says, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. Now there's an oral tradition that the Jews have that the actual rock that Moses struck followed them through the wilderness and their wanderings, providing them, with water, providing them with water. And Paul's getting at that uh, knowledge that the people of the day would have had of that tradition. And he's saying all that stuff points to Christ. And he says, even though 
they were being miraculously and supernaturally cared for. God ended up not being very pleased with them because they died in the wilderness, right? And so let's just take a quick look. The reason why they were cursed with that is because God was taking them into the promised land, but they came back and they gave an evil report to the rest of the people. And at this point, God had just finally had enough of the murmuring and the complaining. And he says, you all are going to die in the wilderness. It'll be your children that inherit. What's interesting about that statement is they, the complaining was specifically that our children will die, right? And God's like, no, you're the ones that are going to die. Your children will inherit it. So if we go to Numbers chapter 13, at the very end, thirty-two, verse 32 and 33, and then the first part of Numbers 14, this is what it says. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that is eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were in their sight. And all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we have died in the land of Egypt! Or would that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us up into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord, if the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defenses departed from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be that they believe that they will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and make thee a greater nation and mightier than they. Alright, so there's the context of what Paul is talking about. Now let's continue on. Verse 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now these things happened as an example for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. Do not be idolaters as some of them as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. What's he referring to there? With that statement, he's actually quoting 
from the book of Exodus. And um, the King James says, And the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Now that word play, there is a euphemism for basically a sexual orgy. And uh, the Bible tries to tell us that without telling us that, right? Um, the The NASB says, And they got up to engage in lewd behavior. Let's just go read a few chapters there just so we know what the context is that Paul's talking about. He's saying, don't be idolaters like them. Like, all, like these things happen to them for, for our benefit. To be an example to us not to crave these evil things. Like idolatry and sexual immorality. And he makes that, he quotes that phrase from Exodus chapter 32. We're just going to read seven verses real quick here. Exodus 32 says, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled around Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. And Aaron said, Tear off the gold earrings, tear off the gold rings which are in your ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So the people tore off the rings. So all the people tore off the gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then he took the gold from their hands and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it into a cast metal calf. And they said, This is your God, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be the feast to the Lord. So the next day they got up early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to engage in lewd behavior. There's the phrase that's being quoted by Paul. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once, your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have behaved corruptly. So that's where that statement's coming from. Let's get back to 1 Corinthians. I'll just start with that verse one more time here. It says, Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally immorally, as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor were I grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. So what are these things that he's talking about that happened to them? So you had um, 3,000 men of the people of Israel died in one day as judgments. You also had the issue where the Lord sent serpents amongst them because of their grumbling. You can find that story in Numbers chapter 21. Let's just look at it real quick. Then they sat down, Numbers 21, 4. Then they sat out from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient because of the journey. So the people spake against God and against Moses. I want you to notice that one of the main sins that took place, and even in the verses that we're reading that we're not even talking about that specific issue, one of the main sins is this constant complaining and grumbling. Grumbling. 
against God. This is something that we need to pay attention to in our own lives and make sure it's not happening. Why is God allowing this all the time? Why doesn't God do this? Well, I mean, even the best of us are going to find that a temptation at times. Why won't God do anything about this? Right? So the people spake against God and against Moses. And they said, Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food in the water. And we are disgusted with this miserable food. It's just a spirit of ungratefulness right here. Verse 6, Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. This isn't the only story where there's judgment for murmuring. Let's go to Numbers chapter 12. I know I'm reading a lot of passages from Numbers and Exodus here, but it's because we need to get the context of what Paul is talking about when he says that this stuff happened as an example. What is the example? So let's look at chapter 12 of the book of Numbers. We've got 16 verses. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman who had been married. For he had married a Cushite woman, and they said, Is it a fact that the Lord has spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard this. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than any person who was on the face of the earth. And the Lord suddenly said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, You three get out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them went out. And the Lord came down in a pillar in a cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. And they had both come forward and he said, Now hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. Is it not this way for my servant Moses? He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth. That is, openly and not using mysterious language. And he holds and he beholds the form of the Lord. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant and against Moses? And the anger of the Lord was burned against him, and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from above the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as a white as white as snow. As Aaron turned toward Miriam, behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, I beg you, do not hold us responsible for this sin by which we have turned out foolish, to be foolish, and by which we have sinned. Oh, do not let her be like a dead person whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, God, heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had only spit in her face, would she not be put to shame for seven days? Have her shut outside the camp for seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move until Miriam was received again. God does not like murmuring. He doesn't like murmuring against the people he's appointed to lead and to teach. He does not like murmuring against himself. And as we can see from the stories in the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers, he does not take it lightly at all. And so that is partially what Paul is warning us about. Verse 10, he says, Nor grumbling as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. 
course, we know the story of the Destroyer 2. We're not going to read that part. We just read it uh, last week, but basically, I'll just read one verse. How about that? Exodus twelve twenty three. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians, but when he sees the blood and the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the Destroyer to come into your house and to strike you. So Paul's saying, don't grumble, as some of them did. Verse 11, now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction, upon whom the end of the ages have come. The end of the ages that have come, he's talking about how that age, just like Christ talked about that age, was ending. The Masonic age was beginning, right? That's what Paul was talking about. That's what Christ was talking about. The end of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. Again, it's that don't be prideful. Paul's big on this. That's why he makes statements like if any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, right? Like the minute you start thinking you're wise, that's when you're not. Those of you who roll your eyes at teaching and go, oh, what an idiot, doesn't he know, blah, blah, blah. Paul's saying, you're, uh, you're getting off track. Therefore, him who thinks he stands, if you think you're doing things by your own power and not by the grace of God, be careful that you do not fall, is what he's saying. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as common to man, and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you are able but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will not be able to endure it. So that you will be able to endure it. What's Paul saying? Two things. Number one, any temptation that you're facing, it's temptation that's common to man. So don't make excuses for why you want to indulge. Okay? Odds are, many people that you know are dealing with that same temptation. That's number one. What's the second thing? God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to resist. Of course, this is assuming that you are a child of God with the Holy Spirit, right? Because without, the, without that, you will have no desire to resist it. One of the common mistakes people make, and I hear this, and I'm just going to touch on it quickly, is I'll hear people twist this and reward it. And they'll say things like, God will never allow... You'll, you'll even see these stupid memes and things. It's not biblical. God will never allow anything to come into your life that you can't handle, beyond what you can handle. Like, no trouble will come upon you beyond what you can handle. That's not what that says, number one. And number two, if you've lived long enough, you know that's not true. Sometimes God lets things happen in our lives that are beyond what we are able to handle. Usually, that's the event that brought us to God to begin with. Because it's only in that place that we realize how dependent we are upon God, how much we need God. And when we get to the end of ourselves and there's no hope and there's nothing else that we can do, we have no choice but to turn to God. So that statement, God will never let anything happen to you that's, that's more than you can handle, not true. 
what this statement is, is that God will never let you be tempted, temptation, tempted to sin beyond what you're able to resist. If you have the Spirit of God, of course. That's what Paul's getting at. So he's saying, look, let's not be corrupt. Let's not grumble. Let's not be sexually immoral. Let's not be idolaters. Let's not do and make the same mistakes as the the Israelites did in the wilderness that brought all these judgments upon themselves. Rather, understand that no temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. And God will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you believe, or which beyond which you're able to endure. Verse fourteen. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to a wise man. You judge what I say. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we are all partake of the one bread. Look at the nation Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices sharers in the altar? What do I mean then? That a thing sacrificed to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. <laughs> it's kind of loaded what he's saying there. Number one, he's saying, first of all, these little stupid idols aren't really idols. That's number one. And the things that they're sacrificing to, they think that they're gods, but there's actually a demonic attachment to those things. That's what he's warning about. The things that the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons, Paul says. Verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Let there be a lesson to all the Christians who like to practice these things. Who like to practice ungodly practices and think that you can mix them with Christianity. Or maybe you watch demonic things on television. You know it's evil. You know it's filled with the spirit of wickedness. You know it's filled with a demonic presence. If you think you can mix those two things, you have it wrong. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake in the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Verse 22, Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he, are we? All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. Eat anything that is sold in the marketplace without asking questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all that it contains. If one of the unbelievers invites you and wants you to go, eat anything that is set before you without asking questions for conscience sake. But if if anyone says to you, This meat was sacrificed to idols, do not eat it. For the sake of the one who informed you, and for the conscience' sake, I mean not your own conscience, but the man's. For why is my freedom judged by another's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give thanks? Whether... Then you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
give no offense either to Jews nor to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, so that they may be saved. And there you have it. That's Corinthians chapter 10. And Paul kind of ends with saying similar things that we've heard him say before. What he's getting at is don't do things that are going to cause your brother or sister to stumble. Right? And that's kind of how he ends. He ends by saying, your mission is to do things that will edify and profit them, not yourself, so that they might find salvation, so that they may be saved, so that they might come to Jesus. If you're doing things to them that they perceive to be evil or to perceive to be sin, whether it's sinful or not, you're creating a stumbling block. And so be aware. Be humble. Understand that your goal is to bring them to Christ. Not to argue or to be right. You've probably heard me say it before, but my wife has told me on more than one occasion, if you have the choice to be right or to be kind, choose being kind. And as you can imagine, that's a struggle for me. But I agree with the premise. Especially when you're dealing with people who are kind of searching, Right? They're trying to figure things out. They're still babies in the faith. And then you come at them, beating them over the head with all of the things you think you know. That's not helpful. It's kind of like you take a, a geometry teacher, right? In high school. And then you he goes into the first grade class where they're learning basic math and starts drilling them with that stuff right and it's like why don't you get it well I just started I'm just now trying to figure this stuff out be conscious about these things keep yourself from evil don't follow these temptations that are common to man I'll just end with this Jesus gives you the recipe for that when he says you know when he essentially says, just cut off the things that cause you to go down that path. Right? If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter into heaven with one eye than to enter into hell with both, right? What's he saying? He's saying, don't, don't let that thing cause you to sin every day. Get rid of it. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better, you know. If looking at social media is causing you to lust, it's time to get rid of social media. If watching Netflix is causing you to have a poor view of of the world and marriage and sex and those it's it's time to cut it off. How badly do you want to be holy? How badly do you want to seek righteousness and walk in the ways of God? Some people, they could care less. Well, I can't be those things. So I'm not even going to try. Okay. I think I'll just leave it there. 
rambling a lot today. And I again, I apologize if the podcast is not up to its normal quality. Uh, as I mentioned earlier this week, uh, recovering yet again from being ill. And uh, the mind doesn't fire <laughs> like normal. And you guys probably don't notice it because you're listening to an edited audio, but multiple times through this recording have I had to pause uh, the recording to de- to deal with being sick. So I apologize if it's if it's not the best of quality, but I, I'm just praying that it goes forth and that with the message that God wanted you to hear this morning that you've heard and that your hearts have been pierced and that you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for praying. Thank you for your financial support. All these things are needed. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.